Amazon has like the two pizza rule, right? Like a team is, a, you can feed a team with two pizzas. I see. Anything Which bigger. they probably buy on Amazon is my guess. <laughs> That's right. They just get delivered to you through. Yeah. Through Prime. Amazon Prime Pizza Now drone. Pizza. No, there's a drone. It comes in. Amazon it just, Pizza drone. It shoots dough and then another yeah. drone come and, and it yeah. sprays tomato through a hose. And then the fire drone comes and burns the pizza. <laughs> it's like a coal oven right. kind of thing. If you forget a topping, there's a topping drone that shows up with like pepperoni slices. Every and now and then you lose it team member to the burning napalm that shoots out of the uh, pizza cooking <laughs> drone, but it's cool. It's a beta. Lester Holt will tell a tragic story about a drone, a pizza drone that like beheaded a mother and it's coming. It's, it's, it's going to be pizza some drones are going to kill us all. Paul. Hey, Rich. We're going to talk about how messy it gets when humans get together. Well, let's... I'm not talking about a cocktail party. No, no. Those are wonderful. That gets real messy, too, though. What what I'm thinking about, there's a lot of different kinds of companies and efforts and disciplines that go into making software, right? Making products, making platforms. So you could have DevOps, which is... Mm-hmm. making things work and making them easy to host mm-hmm. in a cloud environment. You could have branding because you need a new brand for your new app, which mm-hmm. is a new company. You could have the things we do, which are sort of platform development, mm-hmm. product development, and design. Masonry, plumbing, electrical. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No one company builds a house. And if you hire a general contractor, they work with tons of subcontractors. Yep. So what happens a lot with software is people go that route. They hire a lot of subcontractors and then they themselves become the general contractor. But oftentimes that's not what they are. They just toss them all in a box and hope for the best. Let's talk about that situation. So you're in a company. Okay. You're smart. You're doing pretty well. You're a director of fill in the blank. Oh, this is great. This is going good so far. Yeah, things are good. Management comes to you and says, look, a company down the street mm-hmm. just came out with a mobile app. Oh, boy. And it's really good. And we only have that website. And frankly, the website's kind of dated. Sure. Fix sure. it. Come oh, back to me with a plan. Oh, well, I'm in charge of the website. So this is a real opportunity for me. Real opportunity. Oh, my God. This so, is going to be great. Exactly. So how do we get going? And so you, you survey. You, well, probably one <laughs> of the first things you do is you survey your current talent, right? And mm-hmm. Probably... One of the reasons you're not competing and not running alongside or surprising your competition is that the current talent isn't really comprised of people who can get you there, right? Well, the, I mean, it's it's no fault of theirs. They came in to build Absolutely a website. Not. They work on the catalog. If your business is insurance or pharma or whatever, it's not top of mind, right? You, right. That's not... And, and to be but able to look see, that far ahead is... But down the hall, um, Wiggly Co., is suddenly mm-hmm. suddenly they're talking about like they got fifty million dollars in external funding and they got a new app and all sorts of stuff. Exactly. So you got to close that gap. I have to close that gap as right. the web guy. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, I got to figure out how to compete with Wiggly Co. Or at least I need to come up with a credible understanding of what they're really doing. Yeah. Very often, it's not. I I need to come up with the exact app. It's sort of like I have to come up with a strategy. Like what what am I going to do? 
how am I going to do it? What What's the angle? I don't want to just replicate. The, so you're thinking higher altitude first, mm-hmm. and then they want to see that plan. So they give you like two weeks or a month right. to come back with a plan, right? So you come back. Start searching the web. <laughs> you start searching the web. Yeah. Start talking to people. You may hire a consulting firm to just give you a strategic plan. Honestly, not the worst idea if there's a real gap there. If you just don't know where to start. Right. So you find the firm, you got a nice deck. Not only does the deck have a plan, it has a few other things. It has timeline. Okay. Like I'm going to get you this in 10 months. Okay. Okay. So I need dollars. I need time. And I need what it is. What are you going to give me? When and how much is it going to cost? Right, so this is progress. I know the three things, at least the three questions I have to answer. That's good. Yeah, and and, and management. You know, it's funny. What what a trap that people fall into is they really want management to sympathize with the issues here. Mm-hmm. And they go in there. And they're like, well, if we do that, then it's going to be this. So we can't really do. And what management they don't want to see the problem scenarios. What they want to see is the plan. Right. They want to see how much it costs. And they want a brief meeting. They want to. They 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 take pride in, in the in the fact that within within thirty minutes, you tell them the story. It can be good to give them like the the okay. Here's here's the budget option. Here's the mid range option. And here's the like we really options. Are gonna, the the tricky thing too is management. Half the time, management really doesn't have the stomach to compete. So you got to you got to take that into that's account. That's true. Oftentimes, by the way, credit to the middle managers and the people in the, in the in the mix. They run to management and they're like, dude, we're getting our lunch eaten here. Yeah. We got to get going. And management is not just not, they're just not wired that way because they're thinking about, um, you know, the blood pressure testing machine or whatever, the other part of the world. Yeah. So if you're going to compete with the new blood pressure app that that squiggly code just released people just hold to their necks that's right it's really really cool it's really good it's like a dollar and it's it got 60 minutes like said this was or like yeah cbs change medicine cbs sunday morning said this thing is awesome you're in this position and first of all let's be really clear the company down the street spent way more money than you think or they spend incredibly little money. It's like one or the other. They dropped a bomb, right? Yeah, like they dropped there was the bomb. three engineers and a designer just killing it or what the, or whatever. They, or they went and hired like a good consultancy and they got everything right and they you know, they had like a quiet 12-month plan and they just knocked it out. They they so took you, the gamble, man. You're up against that wall. That's hard. It's real hard. It's real hard. And the numbers tend to have a lot of zeros in them and it hurts everybody because yep. that money's got to come from somewhere. There's no magic budget. Right. Here's a new thing that has to get solved. That's right. Okay. So what are the categories that we, what do we need to do? We need to say how much, how long and what it's going to do. What is it? Okay. Yeah. So first of all, we're going to, I think we're going to, we need to compete and we need to take our core thing that we do and add that into a similar kind of app. Yes, maybe. Kind of, maybe. Maybe, All right. maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, that's what right. I that's the typical thing I would say back to you. Like, yeah. well, we could do, you know, they do blood pressure, we could do cholesterol. Or or it even yeah, or food tracking or whatever. Like okay. it just we're okay. trying to get in the mix, right? Right. Let's like so we come back and we pitch a thing and and the management's like, "Hmm. I think my great aunt might use this actually." <laughs> Right. They start to rationalize it in their own What do we way. actually show them? Do we show them any pictures or do we just give them some numbers well, and this is a, This is another really great point, which is you may want to take a month or two and actually come up with something more tangible to put in front of them right. so they get excited. Get a designer. A designer. Maybe you're not doing spec level like down to the pixel, but you're you're really drawing 
a beautiful, exciting picture. Well, oftentimes I use the word trailer. I need a trailer for this. After a few very dry slides, if you can just be like, and here's how one of the ways it might look. Yeah, they light up. Boy, does that give everybody a sense of like, Absolutely. okay, this could really happen. Dangerous though, because you can overpromise really easily when you're just drawing pictures. Yes, without a doubt, without a doubt. But there is that great moment, Paul, when, uh, and we see this when we talk to prospects and, and sort of put forward. One of the things we do is we offer this service practically for free. True. It's worth That's noting. Right. That's that how our sales works. It, we just, we're like, we'll come talk to you. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It seems like there's a lot swirling around. We'll, we'll ground this for you. And that's not an engagement. We'll do that. That's no, how you build the relationship. That's right. And then you'll know at that, there is a moment where they look at you and they pause because they processed it all. And it's like they had a nice empanada. Right. And they look at you and they say, well, what's it going to cost? Mm-hmm. Like they want, they want Ugh, the thing. It's right? never good too. It's always because it's, it's, <laughs> it's more expensive than anything else. <laughs> Software is more expensive. It's not like trucking. It's not like no. construction materials where you're like, oh, this is going to be this much lumber. Yeah. Yeah, no yeah, one, yeah. unless they, they do it, has a really clear sense of what it is and what it's going to cost. That's right. That's right. And, and so you have to drop that number into the middle of the room. And an alarm has been pulled, right? That's right. And you can't go back to management and say, look, I need three years, not 10 months, because it's going to take a while to hire the people. They're not going to hear that. You can't do that. Between the market for talent and the priorities of HR. There's competitive pressure here too. There's competitive pressure. And this is why there is a probably, I don't even know what the size of our industry is, the the services services we're such a weird outlier we build we build products in new york city but i mean you you got to think about there are firms global firms with large presences with like two hundred thousand engineers correct that's like that's real there's many of them yes and there is there's the design part there's the we're unusual in that we wrap it all in product we deliver product yeah it's better more accurate to say we deliver product than bill for services that's right but there are tons out. It's a, probably in the trillions. I'm being maybe over. So this is this is dramatic. killer, right? You sit down and you go like, who will build my app into Google? Right. And the results are, it's like, it's equivalent to searching for good hotel Tahoe. Yep. It's, <laughs> it, I think it's the not. first couple of pages will be ads. Oh, if you it's just going to be hard. Boston Consulting or Chicago Digital Consulting Apps yeah. in Google, you're going to get a wall of ads from well, different shops. And then the reality is very like we're a good example. Very little of our business comes in just just walks in through the web. It is p- almost purely word of mouth or people who might hear the podcast or their friend heard the podcast network like, or Yeah, it is it just that's how it works because it's so hard to get over that initial wall of SEO optimized. We'll do it. Yeah. We exactly. have the secret sauce. Exactly. By the way, this is a good path. Deciding that you're going to go outside to get the thing designed and built is not a bad path. Many successful but products here's come the out killer. Of it. Here's the killer. I'm in a hurry. Okay, I'm in a hurry. What I should do is break this thing up and I should hire five different companies. I should get the strategy firm. I should get someone to do the back end. I should get someone to do the front end. Yeah. Maybe a separate design firm. Yes. And I'll sit in the middle and I'll bring them all together. I'll make it all work. Yeah. I'm going to assemble the super team. Yep. Yeah. And this will work and it'll, I'll have these relationships and this will be good. We'll be able to get this done. And it'll all come together. It'll come together. We got 10 months. Yes. It's actually a lot of time because each one of these people only needs to work for a couple months. Right. And they'll so we'll, we'll send p- emails to each other to coordinate. We're going to parallelize this and then we'll actually have some breathing room to test it out, make it work. Oh, so I should hire a QA f- vendor too. 
So let me give my, my view on what you just drew out. It is... It's utterly sensible. It is one of the dumbest things you can do. Yeah, but I'm going to be able to get all of them working for three months at once, and then I'm going to have like literally seven months to put all the pieces together. Right. I, I've seen efforts, and I've, I've sort of mapped out efforts that require tens of people right. in the past. And, the, and if people don't know, like efficient, well-run engineering teams, tens of people is quite a bit. Sometimes there's a real, like, you'll hear about 100-plus person efforts. That's a bad sign. This is one of the reasons. Amazon has, like, the two pizza rule, right? Like, a team is, a, you can feed a team with two pizzas. We probably shouldn't talk about Jeff Bezos just because I, he's probably listening. He's not only listening, he's transcribing. <laughs> he, he listens and... to this at four times regular speed. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks we're chipmunks. We also think Amazon's incredibly impressive. Great company. Just about everything we build is on Amazon. No, so it's kudos to Amazon. You know, normally around this time, we interrupt for a little ad for Postlight. But really, we're talking about the kind of work we do through the whole podcast. Yeah. So we should it's just tell people. all one big pat on the back. Isn't rather it? than make you listen to more of us talking about how we build platforms, let's get back to us talking about platforms. But if you need us, hello at postlight.com is the way to reach out. So I want to use an analogy, Paul. Yeah. Um, when you build something that has different parts, different components, yeah. right? One of the things you worry about is how those po components work together. Sure. Right? So you start to think about the interfaces between those components. A mm -hmm. lot of times it's through a classic API. Sometimes it's something a little lower level. But the way those components communicate with one another is a big deal, right? Because A, they need to understand the same language. That could mess things up. Uh Latency is another issue. So are, are they in sync and timely as needed for whatever you're building, okay. right? A lot of thinking has to go into larger, more more complex architectures around how these components are going to talk. Wait to a each minute, other. you capitalist monster. Mm -hmm. What have you been telling me for the last 15 years about APIs and products and things can all connect together and it's all going to fit together like a big Lego box and that's how the web really works? That's what you've been selling me. No, no, that's true. I'm not... I'm but what's all conflict. this about interfaces and things having to fit together? Well, when you put out a particular sort of not agreed upon contract and some other service decides to agree to it, you have to kind of stick to it, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can't go ask Google Maps, do me a favor, can you please show me just the stuff with red roofs? Right. Right? I can't just do that. Like no. Google Maps has decided there are 86 things they're willing to spit out. And that's what I can ask for. And I have to ask for them in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Right? So that sort of contract metaphor is what how a lot of the world works. Software has kind of really established itself beautifully. And you can give the web a lot of credit for that in terms of how these things work together. What the web really did, just to change the tone for a sec, is make it possible to ask for things without permission. Yes. Made it really easy to be yes. like, hey, can I get can that? Play. And I'm not, I'm not going to tell you much about myself. That's right. So take that analogy forward and apply it to people. There is nothing that will bring more friction and more latency and more disagreement and more violation of this contract, in quotes, than human beings that, are, that view themselves as Orbiter, orbiting around separate entities, but have to somehow come together to build a thing. 
The single biggest risk to designing and building stuff is the dependencies and the reliance and the agendas of different people, different groups of people. They you know, group, they come together as groups, and then they have to deal with each other. Mm -hmm. And when you bring five vendors, right? I'm going to share a phone call that I had with someone. It was it was a an effort that we were on where there were like five other vendors, mm -hmm. right? And somebody really high up called me and asked my perspective. He's like, Rich, uh, I'm calling everybody about their perspective. So I start sharing my thoughts. And you know what he said to me? Mm -hmm. He said, with all due respect, Rich, everybody I'm speaking to tells me how bad everyone else is. I mean, fair, right? Fair, right? Well, first off, instinctively, I'm going to defend my shop. Right. Number one. But the truth is, it's just really hard. You're taking five or six entities that have their own agendas, throwing them in a in a box and saying, please build software for me. The ask there is so, so dangerous because of how humans work, how humans communicate. Um, we don't. I don't see you in the morning, Paul, and say, listen, we're going to use API v2.3 to talk to each other today. No, I say, hey, you're dressed up. Where are you going today? Right. And I say important client. This is the thing. The overall software experience is kind of a unified thing, right? And it comes from a unified team. So you put those different vendors in the room. And really then what you've done is you've incurred a month or more of teaching them to communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. And they're all going to have different processes that they use to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. You can do it. I've seen it done. I've seen it. I've seen large projects with four or five different vendors because they, they really need to accelerate in very specific ways done by experienced people where they've saved a couple months, mm -hmm. but it's a bad way to get started. Very bad. You will get there. If you have, if you have the, the, the will and the perseverance, you'll get there. It works it's better. incredibly something that's truly encapsulated, like the hosting and development environment on one side the pure front end on the other that is the, and the guarantee is that they never have to talk to the API team. They only use documentation. Yeah. And you just nailed it right there. The guarantee is that certain humans don't have to talk to other humans. That's right. Right. That's right. And so they're going to use their culture, their process. They might check in once a week, once yep. every two weeks. You know, the critical thing here, actually the number, it's a very simple razor that you can apply. Can they start tomorrow? Could they start working meaningfully tomorrow? Right. 90% of the time, that is not true. 90% of the time, it's like, well, we need to wait for the API to come online. And then those guys are going to, they're going to get their stuff set up, but we don't have a hosting for, we don't have a cloud chosen yep. yet. And, but if you could say, if you say to us as a vendor, I want you just to do these three things. Other people are going to be doing this stuff. Here's the docs. Whenever you can get started, get started. We're ready. Mm -hmm. And we look at it and we go like, okay, fine. Right. There's real data. Then this will work. Right. We'll get it's you there rarely faster. the case. It's never there. Never ever. It's ever. never there. And so that's like this is the this is the situation where if you if you find yourself in a position where you can accelerate things because you have working functional API and you want to build something on it with no changes, mm -hmm. yeah. then you can find ways to parallelize it. That's right. Otherwise, you need a team that yep. functions as a team. Let's sum it up, right? If you're if you have to you have this mandate and you got 10 months and you got money, team vendor salad. Is, I call it vendor madness. I like vendor salad. It's a little colorful. Spring is here. But I think it's more like a condition. Like, oh my God, I need another vendor. Yeah. 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 So I want to I talk about one more concept mm -hmm. that can arise out of this. 
uh, I'm going to call it the alpha vendor. Okay. Okay. Very often when these efforts come together, it's they're they're quite democratic, right? Oh and yeah. They, and they we're all going to work together. We're all going to work together. Coordinate. And even the the, the client, Slack. we're, we're going to use Slack. The client is even kind of stepped back. That's right. And said, "Look, guys, make it happen." They're like, "I'm the mailbox. Just send me stuff. I, you know, if there's any issues, I'll an help update. you resolve them. Tell me when the colors start to show up. Yeah, stuff like that. But it's a mess, and it's clearly a mess. And you can actually see the anxiety in the client's eyes. Yeah, yeah. Right. So every so often, one of the vendors steps forward and says. I'm going to sit next to you. Yeah, let me let me get this done for you. Let me get this done for you. And let me take care of all these other little guys. Who are all of, idiots. Who are all idiots. Everybody starts to think everyone else is a non-functional idiot who has no desire to actually do any work. Without a doubt. That, that's a bad one, too. I've seen this movie enough times. What you're doing is creating a pathological work environment, even if these places have great work environments themselves. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So you end up with this situation where a vendor is all of a sudden thinking about how to get buy-in from another vendor. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, it's like Awkward. kids getting jealous of other kids. Like Then you're like, well, how much time is he getting with mom and dad? Right. He's, my kids argue over who gets to play Mario Kart. That's you know, right. Who, he had an extra minute of Mario Kart. Oh, no. That's a catastrophe, right? <laughs> you could see how much dissonance that's going to create. And the other, I mean, here's the thing. Software is trying to get built here. Yeah. And the amount of... Well, the problem is people are building software and often people are, different groups are building different software that meets their needs. Yep. Without it necessarily anymore meeting the client's needs. Right. Exactly. So the alpha's in there. The the alpha's in there. The other vendors are trying to get their bearings now all of a sudden. Right. Um, because... A lot of emails are going about, about out about how it's going to go, when the stand-ups are going to be. Yeah, that's right. That's this right. is often like four or five months in, and they're starting to really feel the drumbeat. Or it's like eight months in, and they know they're going to slip. Right. That's when Alpha Vendor really steps up. <laughs> and fix. I'm going to save you from all this. Yeah. And by the way, Alpha Vendor, Alpha Vendor sometimes is necessary. Because Absolutely. sometimes there's a void inside the client. They're just not there. There are only the best intentions... <laughs> that can, and this situation can occur. Right. Exactly. This is not, this does not require none of this. This is what the brutal part about software development. Probably the thing I've learned most in the last couple of years is that it doesn't require any ill will for things to go terribly wrong. Oh, for sure. Everyone can be an absolutely good actor, totally dedicated to their craft and discipline. Off the rails. Um, which is why this firm, it's why we use the word product over and over, like parrots, because like product, I mean, you gotta, you gotta think about the overall thing. Mm -hmm. And then whatever anybody else is talking about is great, unless it doesn't have anything to do with actually getting the software across the line. Then you gotta say like, that's save that conversation. Yep. That's right. So the alpha's in there. How does that resolve? First off, you want to insulate yourself uh, from being caught in this like essentially meat grinder of disaster, right? What did you bring us in for? Uh, we obviously aren't doing the whole thing because you have five other groups here, five mm -hmm. other vendors here. So we're not the only ones. What do you need us to do, right? And then you have to set it up and structure it such that uh, not only are we insulated from the disaster, and we can actually deliver a thing that can stand on its own, that's a true contribution that is minimally dependent on 
others as possible, but will also, also cause another thing to happen. It will shed light on what a terrible mistake it was to mangle all this together, in essence. It puts, if you are able to deliver independently, it puts enormous pressure over time on the other actors. Yeah. Because then everybody will turn all the attention. The You know, you're having shorter calls because your, your stuff's there. It's sitting on the shelf. And they start to focus elsewhere. And this happens a lot too. Well, they will call us and say, would you mind stepping over the line here and coming to this other box? Well, really throw... So there's a very natural reaction when the integration cost between multiple teams goes way, way up. And that natural reaction is to go, screw it, man. Nobody else is getting their stuff done. I'm not going to kill myself for this. So if it gets done, it gets done. But they're creating a disaster. I don't even care. Yeah. Or you can go, and this is, this is our ethos. We said we'd do it. We're going to do it. And we're going to show it to them in Slack tomorrow. And then when they have some freak out about something that doesn't have anything to do with us, we're going to go, I'm sorry, that's not really what we're about. We delivered our deliverables on the dates agreed and, you know, we're here to help, but like, this is, we're, we're getting our stuff done and yeah. leave it there. Just leave it there. Yeah. But what happens, I think mostly is people start to get this learned helplessness. They're like, oh my God, it's such a mess. Yeah. And if you do that, you are part of the problem. There is no way out and you're not helping solve it. No. And no finger pointing. No, like, ugh, you know, here's our stuff. It's here. Those people are garbage over there. Yep. Obviously. You leave it alone. You leave, leave it, it alone. alone. Because people probably, walk into it. Very man. often they're not. You know, like sometimes there are bad vendors in the mix, but very often they're they're trying just as hard as you are, but the integration cost is really high. And the communication cost and the coordination cost. Yeah. And when we say cost, what we're we're not just talking about we're not talking about money. No. Actually. What we're talking about is the extra four and a half hours it took to get everybody in the same room to have a scrum meeting. Time and emotional energy that is not used building the product, but is rather used for communication that doesn't have a clear output. That's it. You know, That's it. If, if John and Sally won't talk to each other, mm-hmm. you have to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. But if John and Sally can go away and do their work and then meet up in two hours and, and see if the pieces fit together, you shouldn't, you should just let them do it. Yep. That's... So look, I mean, clearly, obviously, one solution here is to only hire one firm. Hard, oftentimes. Very hard and and like can be very expensive and mm-hmm. very often you can't find the firm that can do everything. Okay? Oftentimes. We try to be in all one size fits all shop, but that we don't match up with every client. No. What I would say is if you end up in a situation where you find a vendor that you really like, and you can't find an all-in-one, probably what you want to do next is look, ask that vendor to recommend a partner that they've worked with before. Yeah. And and sort of collaborate with them to build the team. Don't just drop a team in a room and assume that they'll all be able to communicate. Look for existing communication patterns, right. people who've known each other and worked with each other before, somebody quit here and went over there capitalize on all of that if you need to build a virtual outsource team and you can't get like a one-size-fits-all solution then you need to find a community and Mm -hmm. hire that don't just hire shops right and that's harder that's three more weeks of work to get that lined up it will be the difference between you shipping or not i mean the structure of this sort of super team is hugely important yep i mean sometimes you need a super team like we there are certain things we don't do like branding. 
branding. Like, I, we also don't do, you know, machine like, learning interfaces. Yeah, you know? highly specialized, you know, video, audio, video pipelining. And That's right. All that stuff. Like, that there's stuff. a lot of stuff we don't do and we'll need partners for that. But the rigor that we put around clearly insulating and clearly establishing what those interfaces are into in and out of what we build is hugely important. And so take a minute and think about how those pieces are going to fit together and just the the awful, awful tax of communication and coordination. And you know, we just saved people, by the way, 40 to $50 billion around the world. It is true. If people would take this seriously and think about it, they could save themselves. And just so much emotional pain for yeah. so many people. So the tr- this is, we push back really hard about this model. And when we do end up in a situation, there are lots of situations where you do need multiple vendors. We actually have a, a pretty good protocol for, uh, we assume that a lot of the first month will just be communication tests and getting to know and understand each other. We're pretty assertive about getting lines of communication open up and setting expectations. Then you can usually kind of go from there. Yeah. But you got to be practiced at it. There's a certain, there's a skill and craft to interacting with other vendors on a client's project as well. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's, it's a big messy world out there. We do all this stuff a lot. Yeah. We own things. We work with other vendors, but vendor madness is very dangerous. Yes. It might be unavoidable. You might come down with vendor madness because you have to ship something for 10 months so you can compete with the people down the street. But think about it. By the Look way, in the mirror and say, I've got vendor madness. By the way, this could have could be construed as one long ad for Postlight. But it is. there's a lot of good advice here for other vendors no, as well I mean, we in terms of how to protect yourself and, and the like. We threw down some wisdom. We kind of, I mean, this is the hard part. This is the shitty, yeah, and I mean, grimy I part. And it's real and everyone who works here has experienced it. And you know what? I, I think there's times when you're part of the problem and you need to own it. And yep. you're, you're being too aggressive with the other vendors. There's times when... This is hard. Yeah. This part is really tricky and there's lots of failure states and you're, everyone's trying to do their best and uh, kaboom. Sometimes when it's a mess, you know, like the number one path to take is to dehumanize it. And that's terrible to oh, say, yeah, but, but you're just, really looking at it in terms of pieces on a board. Uh, so, yeah, that's real. That's 100% yeah. real. You bring your humanity and empathy into software development, you're screwed. That's true. It's one of the biggest <laughs> things I've learned. <laughs> That's right. a joke. Uh, yeah, this has no, been no. an incredibly useful and insightful podcast. Yeah, really. It's been great. Yeah. Look, this is Postlight. If you want to talk to us, you can uh, get in touch at hellopostlight.com. Uh, Rich and I see every one of those emails. Someone sent us a poem. Yeah. It was good. Oh, it was a really good poem. Maybe we'll read it one day. Yeah, we could. Thank you for listening. Have a lovely week. Bye.